You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome, Freedom Fighters, to Flawed and Free Podcast, where we build, empower, and equip disciples of Christ through deliverance and healing. My name is Tina, the Warrior Princess, and I am your host. As a spiritual warfare strategist, prophetic intercessor, and deliverance minister, I take great pleasure serving you and supporting your journey from the flaws of your past into the freedom of your future. Follow me and be set free. Hey guys, it's Tina, your host from Flawed and Free Podcast, and I just showed up live and those that follow my digital audio streaming platforms, you will be getting this tomorrow. It'll be up by midnight, but I'm so excited because I have something very special to share with you all today. And so Many of you may not know, some of you that follow this ministry very closely know 
that this is my 100th episode. Oh my gosh. I cannot even believe that we have made it to the 100th episode, but glory be to God. We are here. I have made it and I cannot wait to see what God has in store for myself, for this ministry and for you, because this is not for me. Um, This is for you. So in 2019, Flawed and Free podcast was established. And if you don't know the history already, I was working full time as a registered nurse, um, as a family nurse practitioner for uh, the last uh, seven years. And the Lord began to shift some things in my life personally and professionally. And one morning as I was seeking him, he spoke to me about a podcast. Now, listen, if you don't know, I'm going to tell you the story. I never heard of a podcast. I never been on a podcast, never heard of one, didn't know how to start one, had no idea where to begin, what was first, what was next, and what would even get me to the 100th episode. But glory be to God, as I have gleaned in the field of many that have helped me along my journey, but not just that, the Holy Spirit, it is the Holy Spirit that showed me, that has equipped me, that has empowered me on this great journey from what was once my now into my next. And so here we are today as I come before you. Now, I do have some news for you. So as we are carrying out and completing this 100th episode, I must tell you that your girl is going to take a mini break, okay? So season two, as we close out season two, I will be preparing for season three of this podcast. The Lord has given me some divine downloads and some great things for season two that I don't want you to miss. So I need some time to sit and soak with what he's given me and all that he will prepare me to do in the days that are yet ahead of me. So I'm excited. I cannot wait. So I wanted to tell you that even though this is our 100th episode, that I will be taking a mini hiatus, a mini break, and I will return on November 30th. So make sure you put on your calendars, mark your calendars that Flawed and Free will be returning on the audio streaming platforms on November 30th. Now, I have not left my social media platform. So every Tuesday, I come on to TikTok and I usually come on to TikTok around 10, 10.30 um, and minister there on Tuesdays. And every Thursday, I am also on YouTube. So every Thursday, I do teachings, and testimony with the community, with the freedom fighters all over the world. For those that partner and join here, I will not stop my lives every week. So if you want to see me or partner or receive additional teaching outside of the audio streaming platforms, you will now be able to do that on the social media platforms if you're not already following us there. So if you follow me online, I'm on Flaw- it's Flawed and Free on TikTok and it's Flawed and Free um, also on YouTube. So I'm looking forward. I am looking forward to seeing all of you 
there. So glory be to God. I'm excited. I'm so, so, so excited for the work that God is going to do in and through this ministry and all that he has planned for you as I assist, support, empower you in going from your now to your next. So mark it on your calendars right now, November 30th. We will return for season three and we will be back. But I got a treat for you today for this 100th episode. So listen, we talk about a lot here other than deliverance and spiritual warfare. Kingdom building is our mission as well. And so kingdom building includes everything in kingdom living. So that's ministry, that's marriage, that's relationships, music, so much that we discuss in the area of kingdom living. And so today I want to talk and share something a little bit personal about my life. And so you got to kind of know me or be kind of close to me um, to know um, the measure in which I desire to be uh, found and crowned by my king. (laughs) And so it's not on the top of my list always. And so the Lord is also preparing me into a season that I'm getting ready to go into to pray and fast and to really roll up my sleeves, y'all, to (laughs) break down the walls that the enemy has sent um, and set up before me to delay and to prevent my kingdom spouse from coming and entering in and finding me. (laughs) Glory be to God. But I am confident that he's near. I am confident that he is close. The Lord has been speaking to me um, a lot this year, more specifically about the man of God that is coming to and for me. So I know I'm not the only one because it's a lot of us that have been seeing these kingdom marriages popping up all over the place. And not only that, but we've seen and heard a lot of prophetic words and messages that this is the year for kingdom marriages. And I'm looking around, I'm like, God, we are getting into October, but I've just seen him show up for you, girl, in the ninth hour, in the last hour. And so there's still time yet in this year. Now, this is not a shameless plug. So this is not for DM applications. This is not for any of that. Um, But this is just me partnering in agreement with all of the women and even the sons that are looking for the spouses, that are looking for their kingdom wives. This ain't just about us girls, though I think there's more of us than there are of them that's looking. But hey, whatever, however it goes down, as long as it's to edify and to build the kingdom, that's what this is about. Because somebody, some of us are looking to be married and some of us are just looking for a wedding. I don't know about you, but I don't need the wedding. I'm looking to be married for the kingdom purpose and the kingdom assignment that God has divinely predestined, planned for my purpose, for his purpose, for the advancement of his kingdom. And that is all. So. I can honestly truly say that I don't have a list. I don't have a, a dress picked out. I don't have all of this stuff that people do. I, I That ain't me. That ain't what it is. And so the Lord has to strategically sit me down sometimes. I'm just being honest. You know, that's what I do here at Flawed and Free. I'm going to keep it 100 a whole buck with you and let you know that it ain't always on the top of my list, okay? I will pray for your marriage to be restored, to come forth. I will pray for 
others and and <laughs> anything you ask. And when it comes to myself and this topic, I'm like, eh, I'll do that tomorrow. Oh, maybe I'll do it later. And so I have partnered with the Holy Spirit. I have sat with the Lord. So it's not like I haven't put it on the petition. On I haven't stood on the wall or fasted and prayed for my kingdom spouse to arrive, to find me and crown me. But I can honestly say it's not always at the top of my list because your girl be out in these streets working for the kingdom. I'll be doing the work of the Lord. I have to remember that it is also my promise as well and to continue to work while I wait. So if you are like me, 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 who is a wife in waiting, today's podcast is for you. So stay tuned. If you know a woman of God or a friend or a sister that's interested in these keys, that I'm going to give you today. We already know. If you know me, you know I'm all about the keys of the kingdom. So it's going to be connected to the keys of the kingdom. This ain't that three-step plan that the world gives, but this is the three-step plan that God has given in the name of Jesus. So y'all know I'm going to give it to you raw, give it to you real, and give it to you straight out of the word of God. So put your seatbelt on. Let's go. I am ready to get into today's podcast as we celebrate our 100th episode. Yay! So I have... Hey, Freedom Fighters, it's Tina, your host from Flawed and Free Podcast. Are you experiencing spiritual attacks in your dreams? Do you have questions about spiritual warfare and deliverance? Or are you just seeking Holy Spirit-led advice and wise counsel? I have great news for you. We are now offering one-to-one consultations to set you on the right path to purpose why struggle alone in your own thoughts when we together are a part of the body of Christ therefore we must help one another so as one of his servants it would be a pleasure to support you on your journey from your now to your next go today do not delay and book your consultation with me you can go to the flawed and free.com or I will put the link in the episode description of this podcast and you can go there and book your session with me god bless I had to go live and I had to dress it up and make it real for y'all. Listen, my name ain't future. It's flawed and free, but you know what I mean when I say what I say, but I'm only coming in the word of the Lord. So let's get it. Let's go. I'm ready. If you are a wife in waiting hashtag right now on the chat. Wife in waiting, wife in waiting, wife in waiting. If it's you, go ahead right now and hashtag it as we get into this word that the Lord has for us today. Tag this broadcast and share with someone right now. Share with your sister, your cousin, your auntie, your best friend, somebody that's waiting because I can tell you right now, this message today that the Holy Spirit has given me is going to really set you up for success. Okay, this not the way the world says, but it's going to set you up for success. So let's go. Let's go. Let's get into the word. I'm so excited. I'm excited. So the first thing I want to talk about 
is one of the first keys and it's purge. And so if you're one that likes to take notes, take notes, sis, get your notes out, come back and listen later if that's what you want to do. But I want to use the mnemonic and the word purge, P-U-R-G-E. Put it in the chat. If you got a free hand, put it in the chat, but it's purge. This is important. This is the first key in preparing for your kingdom spouse to be found and crowned by your king. So if this is something that you desire, that you believe is your portion in this season, or maybe in the next season, make sure that you are sitting at the feet of the father to listen to what is needed in order to prepare you to purge. Now I'm telling you, the purge is what? What is purge? What is purging? Purging is necessary. Purging is necessary to move from one place to the next space. There's some things that God is going to have you to let go of. There are some ties. Hi, Vontrell and Shamika and Bree. Hi, ladies. Hi, you guys. Hi, Faith. Hello, woman of God. Listen, I got some keys for y'all today. So stay tuned. Tag and share a friend. If you are a woman, a wife in waiting that is looking to be found and crowned by your king. This is the place where you want to be. So make sure that as we proceed today, you're taking notes, take your pen out, get your Bible out. Yes, Jasmine is on here too. She said, I'm a wife in waiting. Yes, let's get into it. The first key is purge. And so the word purge, I want to tell you as a deliverance minister, as a, a person that moves and functions in the ministry of deliverance, because being a deliverance minister is not necessarily a title, but um, needless to say, being and moving in the ministry of deliverance, because this is actually a commission for all blood-bought, born-again believers. So you can do deliverance. I can do deliverance. As long as we believe by faith and we believe as we are followers of Christ Jesus, it is our commission to save souls, to set the captives free in Jesus' name. And you don't need a special certification for that, okay? But let me proceed in today. So we're talking about purging, and I want you to know how important purging is as it is the first key and one of the most important keys to preparing yourself to receive to be found and crowned by your king so deliverance repentance and confession is important in your time of preparation before God okay and so delivering and preparing yourself for deliverance is needed yes Jasmine you must have been in my notes because purification is on the list you stay tuned Jasmine we're gonna get to that um but as we proceed and discussing purging. And it's important for you to come out of some things and come into some things. Okay. So this possession is when you are coming out and when you are overthrowing the enemy, these are things that you're letting go, letting God, right? This is where the area of your life where you're severing soul ties and old relationships, right? Old sexual soul ties. If you're one that's been bound in sexual immorality in any shape, fashion, or form through lust, perversion, fornication, pornography, masturbation, all of the sorts together. Okay. Whatever it may be, it may be a piece. It may be all, it may be some, whichever it is, however it is, you must place these things on the altar before God to purge them from your life. Okay. And so there's some, even some relationships that may not be intimate relationships. It may be a church relationship. It may be a 
business relationship. It may be with a friendship. It may be even a partner that you've partnered with that God did not predestine or ordain for your life. And now that season has come and it's time to let go. And so this possession in the season of purging, which is the first key, as you sit with the Holy Spirit, it is imperative that you ask God what needs to go, what needs to leave, what needs to be purged from my life, because I need to dispossess the enemy. And in order to dispossess and to see dominion, you must dispossess first. So this purging process is important to go from the space of dispossession into the next space of dominion. And so marriage in the kingdom of God is meant for dominion. Remember in Genesis where the Lord says that we were given the, since we were called to subdue, to rule, to reign, to take dominion. When the keys of the kingdom are dominion, power, and authority. And so your kingdom marriage is just not for you to be a bride and to just sit there in your pretty dress and have this big rock on your hand and go on Instagram like, I'm married now. Look at me, look at me. Because the work begins in this space. If you have not given yourself the time and the space to dispossess the power of the enemy before you enter into a marriage, we ain't talking about a wedding. We're talking about a marriage. Then the enemy's goal is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he will destroy your marriage. He will destroy you in the process. And he will send death into your life and into your marriage. So I don't want that for you. I want you to make sure that you are allowing yourself the time. If you need to partner with a deliverance ministry, go through self-deliverance. I started my journey in self-deliverance. Honestly, my journey started with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit himself. And I had a season and a time in which continues, which I did nothing but fast, nothing but pray and go through deliverance from things past and things that were connected to me and things that were on me that I needed breakthrough from. So purging is important. Now, number two, I want to get into the next key of preparation for your kingdom spouse. And that is purify, purification. Jasmine, I'm telling you, I think I need to call you up, sis, because you might be able to teach this part. I don't know what the Lord gave you, but I'm going to tell you what he gave me. And so the second key is purify, purification. This is the second key to, pre to preparation, to preparing to be found and crowned by your king. And so Psalms 51, I wanted to come out of Psalms 51 in this space as we discuss preparing and purification. Read Psalms 51 for yourself, but I'm going to um, specifically read out of Psalms 51 verse 7, where David is seeking the Lord. David is seeking the Lord because he has sinned against God, okay? David has a great heart for God. David has a heart for God to please God, um, but David is sinned. Remember, David slept with Bathsheba, and he had Uriah killed, which was Bathsheba's husband. And so there's a, here in Psalms 51, you see him pleading with God. You see him petitioning God to cleanse him and to assist him in being made right with God, right? And so he's petitioning. He is telling God, listen, cleanse me 
from unrighteousness and help me, oh God. And so I'm going to read out of Psalms 51, 7. I recommend that you guys read um, all of Psalms 51 and even the story of David and Bathsheba. You can find that in 2 Samuel um, 12, I believe. I believe it's 2 Samuel 12, 1 through 14, if you're interested in going back to read that story. But in this space and we're of purification and, and we're talking about cleansing and spiritual cleansing in and by the blood of Jesus. And so you probably thought it meant in, in, in some other area, but this is part, this is spiritual cleansing as David cries out to God in Psalms 51, verse seven. I'll read it aloud for you. So it says, Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. And so all of Psalms 51, right? He's petitioning and speaking to the Lord, acknowledging his sin and the transgression that he has made against God. And so when we prepare ourselves to be purified or go through a purification process, it is going to require a detox, a spiritual detox and a soul cleansing. And if you don't know what your soul is comprised of, it's your mind, your will, and your emotions. If you follow Flawed and Free Podcast, you know very much. You guys should know this with the, with the, you should be able to close your eyes and know exactly what I mean when we start talking about the soulish realm and actually going through soul cleansing. Um, and so this spiritual cleansing, this purging. Um... Hey guys, quick question. Have you ever experienced sleep paralysis, difficulty reading and retaining the word of God, dominating thoughts, pain with no explainable source what about anxiety panic attacks feelings that you're being watched or just some mere eerie evil presence near you may be experiencing demonic attacks and when in doubt cast them out flawed and free offers free one-to-one deliverance via virtual in person and group altar call deliverance contact us at info at flawedandfree.com send your request for an oppression healing intake form or you can go to the episode description of this show and go to the flawedandfree.com and we will send you an intake form get free with flawed and free today this plea from David for God, for the Lord Jesus to cleanse him by the blood. He's asking him for this spiritual cleansing. And so this cleansing is designed and desired, right? To come out from the soul, right? From the soul. And it's your soul in which is, is bound by the enemy, bound by Satan. And it's your mind, your will, and your emotions are trapped in this space. And so as you prepare to go through deliverance, which was number one, the first key of purging, and then through the season of healing and going through purification. And so in this purification process, you're going to rid yourself of impurity. So as I spoke to a a spiritual detox and a cleansing, um, you're going to rid yourself of impurities. What does this look like? So sexual immoralities is high, high, high on the list. You cannot sweep this under the rug. This needs to be the first thing that you attack head on and live a life of abstinence and ask for the Holy Spirit's help in the process and turn away, right, 
from the things that have kept you bound from the past. And so sexual impurities, sexual immoralities, both natural and spiritual. And so go before the Lord and ask him, ask him what that is. Yeah, number one is purge. Number one is purge. Number two is purification because we got three P's, three P's. Yeah, thank you. Purge through deliverance. And so the second is purifying. And so as you go through this soul cleansing, you may have to go on a fast, a soul fast, where you're literally dealing with the things of your soul that are impure and ask for this cleansing by and through the Holy Spirit, by God. And one cannot do this alone. So if you think that you are able to, to be set free, if you think that you are able to do this in your own strength. Let me tell you right now in advance, your girl tried it. She failed. It didn't work. And so I can save you the trouble in trying for yourself that trying to do this alone by yourself will not be successful. But if you partner with the Holy Spirit, you can and you will be successful because I am a living testimony as to this process and being successful and getting over that process. I was one that thought I would never live without being sexually active um, and even masturbation at that point, right? At that, so uh, we're all adults here and we're just gonna be honest, right? I just like, there's no way, this is my life, this is what it is. And I will commend people that were able to live and walk in an abstinent lifestyle. And I was like, mm, I don't know if that's for me. I don't know if I can, I don't know if I will. And I don't know if I would just willingly wanna lay my life down in this area, but I did. And it was the best thing I could have ever done for myself. And so I want you to understand that only God can cleanse. Only God, even in Psalms 51, where David's pleading and petitioning his desire to be cleansed, he's understanding that he cannot do this alone, that he needs God's help. He needs God's help in going through this cleansing. And so he begins to speak to hyssop. Now, let me explain to you what hyssop is. If you read seven, verse seven, again, it says, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Well, what is, what makes you whiter than snow? We know it's the blood of Jesus. So this is how we know when he's asking for the blood of, he's asking for the blood of Jesus, y'all. He said, make me whiter than snow. Ain't nothing going to cleanse you better or greater than the blood of Jesus Christ. So this is a spiritual cleansing he's asking for from the Lord Jesus Christ. And in this time, he's asking God for for help and he's asking for him to do it with hyssop. Now, if you don't know hyssop, it's H-Y-S-S-O-P. Hyssop is used for cleansing and hyssop is also used for medicinal uses. And there are some scientific studies that say that it's no, of no use. It's really not of any use at all. But I know that anything that the Lord puts in the Bible, there's there's some significance to it. There's, there's definitely, regardless of what science says, we know know what the Lord says. And so he wouldn't be asking to be cleansed with hyssop if it didn't have a purpose and a divine um, um, outcome. <laughs> uh, and it could be diabolical, right? Because we see demons in the, in the word of God amongst other things. But he's asking to be cleansed and, and with this hyssop. He's asking for hyssop. So hyssop has a cleansing effect in connection with leprosy. So in the word of God, there were lepers and the priests would use this hyssop and, and others and other healing that they would use this to 
um, cleanse or or um, symbolically hyssop was used for cleansing and cleansing of the soul and relieving suffering. And so hyssop was used um, for cleansing, spiritual cleansing, medicinal uses, amongst other things in the word of God in the Old Testament. And so um, in the Renaissance as well, in the med medieval times, it was used for respiratory and digestive issues. So I'm here to tell, so hyssop does have a purpose. Hyssop has a purpose. And so David clearly asked for it in verse seven. He said, purge me with hyssop, purge me with hyssop. And it was used for a number of reasons. We also see in John 19, verse 29, and John 19, 29, where a hyssop branch was used to help relieve Jesus suffering on the cross. So the crucifixion, when he was on the cross and they used a hyssop branch and they put, they soaked a, a sponge and they soaked it in vinegar and they put it to Jesus' mouth at the crucifixion. You can read that for yourself. And that's John 19 verse 29. And it was a hyssop branch that was used to help relieve his suffering. Glory be to God. So let me share a little bit about my purification process that I went through in this second P. So I have something that was that I started called Bath and Bible. And my cousin actually um, was, was actually doing this. And her and I at the time were really close. And we partnered together to, dis to talk about where we were at the time. We were going through some major transitions um, with the Lord together. And so Bath and Bible was birthed into my life in this season. And in this time of Bath and Bible, the Lord would have me to bathe in physical water. And I had this deep um, um, this deep tub, it was, a, a, a you know, one of those nice deep tubs. Right. And so I would fill this tub with my favorite scents and soaps and bubbles and, and candles. I love candles. I love bath and body work candles. Okay. There ain't nothing like those, those bath and body work candles. So if you want to like, you know, look out for your girl, maybe my husband might stumble upon this video. He can go on and give me some bath and body works and no, it's going to be all good with me. But so the Bath and Body Works candles, my favorite. So I used to get these Bath and Body Works candles and, and run, draw this bath. And I have one of these really elaborate looking um, tables, those little bath tables. And you could put soap and body scrub. I put my body scrub there. I put some water because I like my water really hot and I'd be in there sweating. I have a bath pillow and um, also a, a uh, speaker. I have a speaker that's um, water resistant, but I always had a speaker, right? I always had, cause I love music. And so I would play soaking music, worship music, soaking music through the, um, through the speakers and then run, draw my bath and get these candles, light the candles, cut all of the lights off. And except for the lights I needed to read from the Bible. And then the Lord would have me to place, um, anointing oil in the water. He would have me to place anointing on the water. Now, I was fortunate enough. I was fortunate enough to take a trip to Egypt. I was fortunate enough to go there and get frankincense and myrrh from Egypt. 
And so I brought this frankincense and myrrh back from Egypt and the Lord would lead me in preparing in this process of purification. And he would have me to anoint my bath water. Um, I had already vowed to abstinence. I had stopped um, having a a premarital sex, right? And all of these other things. And so I would fill the bath water with this anointing oil with a, not fill it, just a couple of drops, um, usually three drops or so, right? Of the frankincense and myrrh. And I would bathe in this water and I would pray and worship God as I listened to this soaking music. And I recall one of the days, um, actually it's been more than one day, but one particular day where the Lord had me to completely submerge myself in this water and he baptized me. (laughs) He literally baptized me in this water. And I was like scared at first because I was like, how you baptize yourself? Like, I was like, is this weird? God, like, I'm like, okay, I'm losing it. I'm losing it. Ain't no way. I just heard the Lord tell me to submerge my whole body into this bath water. And I'm like, okay, I didn't really got, I didn't really got radical here. Okay. This thing is getting a little out of hand, God. I love you but you want me to dump myself in this water? Everybody knows if you've been baptized in water, that anticipation that comes right before they get ready to dunk you, your whole body tenses up a bit. Your body tenses up and you're like, oh, they're getting ready to dump me in the water. Like, oh, cover your nose. And so I had to do this to myself. And I'm like, all right, God, this I'm going to do it. And I did it. And I completely submerged myself in this water. And so I continued as I was led to have this bath and Bible time with him. And so I still do that to this very day. Um, And it's my time of intimate worship with God as he was really training me to be transparent with him and to get naked before him because I was concerned. I had body image issues and I don't know a woman in the world that hasn't dealt with, well, maybe I could do this a little better. Maybe I could be this. Maybe I could do that. And I had, I was feeling some condemnation from Satan because I had stopped um, having sex and all of these things. And Satan was like, ain't nobody going to want you. You're, you're not a virgin. Um, you know, he would try to really attack me and attack my body the way that I looked at my body and all of these things. And God said, I'm going to strip you down, lady. I'm going to strip you and I'm going to make you completely naked before me and vulnerable before me, before I release you to your husband, because you're going to have to learn how to be open and vulnerable, naked and transparent before the kingdom spouse that I have prepared for you. And you cannot be walking in this way. Daughter, you can't do it. So if you can't get naked before me, I will not allow you to get naked before him. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> wait a minute, God. Now, I know this sex is for marriage and I want to get naked in marriage, right? <laughs> like I, this was not intended to be anything other than this. So if you saying to me that you're not going to release my kingdom spouse to me until I'm willing to get naked before you and be transparent and vulnerable before you, then we got a problem. Okay, Houston. 
We got a problem. So God was like, yeah, come walk with me. Come walk with me. I'm going to help you. I'm going to show you. And I'm going to walk you through this. And this was quite a season because not only did I begin these bath and Bible moments with God, I also began um, to really strip away some things that I had allowed in my life from past experiences to take root in my mind and in my body. And God began to purify me in this season, right? So he began to deliver me even. And then he began to separate my sex expectations that I had, um, I had tainted my mind with based on my sexual experiences. And he said, you will not take this into your marriage. You will not. So I call them sex expectations, sex expectations. I think I've heard it before. Other people call it sex expectations, but he began to strip from me some memories. He began to take, you know, everybody didn't bend down this road and don't even lie to yourself. If you wasn't that girl or even that guy that was like, if I could have a little bit of James and a little bit of John and maybe a little bit of Jerome and I put James, John and Jerome together, I'd have the perfect man in bed, right? I'd have the perfect situation. And so God was like, no, this is demonic. He's like, this was never intended for you to have these type of sex expectations for your life. And I want to give you a clean slate so that when you enter into this relationship with your husband, you will not compare and you will not be concerned about if he is able to fulfill his obligation and his duty to you in the marriage ministry, that he will be able to please you and satisfy you because you will not compare. I will remove these memories from your life with your permission. I say, yes, take them, take them, take them, take them because I don't want to come into my marriage with limitations set upon the expectation sexually or in any other way for my kingdom spouse. So I went to God and we started our process. We started our process with the things that I remembered, with the things that I started to list them and write them down. So if this is helping you, I encourage you to take these tips and these keys with you to help you in your place of purification. Now we're going to get into um, the state of purity. Purity is the last key. There were three keys to the kingdom and there's three keys to being successful and being found and crowned by your kingdom spouse. So purity is the last thing. And so there is a process to sanctification. So you receive salvation by God and there's a process that you will have to endure in the area of purging, which was the number one P. The second P was purification. And then the last P is purity which purify and purity is not the same, but purity is a state of being. And so we are the bride of Christ. Remember, as you're entering into the last P, the place of purity and holiness, this 
is necessary for your walk in the natural and in the spirit. Because marriage is spiritual. Marriage is spiritual. This is not just for the ring and the and the dress. This is not just for the big wedding venue. This is for the kingdom assignment in your life as an individual. And this is for the kingdom assignment to dominion in your marriage. Remember, we started talking about deliverance and the purging process. And step one, well, this is the dispossession, the place of dispossession possession. This is where you overthrow the enemy. This is where you get the demons cast out of you. This is when you bind and get delivered from this place and you do it through repentance and you do it through confession with your mouth, with your words and your voice. And so as you're moving through the three P's and the process to preparing for your kingdom spouse, you must be living and walking in a state of purity and holiness before God. And if you can not reflect a mindset and a walk as a believer before God in purity and holiness, then you cannot enter into marriage defiled. You cannot move into a marriage moving and walking in lust and sexual immorality. You cannot because you the marriage will not solve that. Your marriage will not solve your areas of lust that you're dealing with. Your marriage will not solve the areas of iniquity that you need to repent to turn away from and get delivered from. And so these things must be dealt with before you partner with your kingdom spouse. And so remember, in your single season, as we're continuing in this season, of for those that are wives and waiting, we are the bride of Christ first, right? Before we become a natural bride to our kingdom spouse and the man of God or the woman of God that God has called you to partner with, you are first the bride of Christ and God is the bridegroom. And so we prepare for marriage in the same manner as we prepare in the spirit as the bride of Christ. And so in your preparation in the as the bride of Christ, you must learn how to walk in purity and holiness before God as you are preparing and waiting for the bridegroom, our Christ, our Lord and Savior, Jesus. So if you want to be a bride, be prepared to continue as a bond servant. And I'm going to tell you right now, being a bride is not all about the makeup and the glam and the glitz and all of the jewels and the bling. Being a bride comes with being a bond servant. And so as you are a as you are in your single season, if you're one that's still in your single season, you are a bond servant to the Lord. You are a bond servant to the Lord that's single and married. You're bond servant title does not leave you when you get married you continue so i just wanted you to know for those that's ready to put their instagram pics up that you don't stop becoming a servant to god you don't stop becoming a servant to the lord but you allow yourself in this union as you move in dominion to walk in your authority as the as the child of god but also as a servant of god and so you take on the title of a wife, but as a bond servant. And I know you're like bond servant. I, it just sounds like bad. It sounds like, I mean, is this bad? No, it's the best thing you could be in the kingdom of God. Now I'll tell you why, because your kingdom purpose and your assignment is in your marriage. And so those that God has called now, everyone's not called to marriage. So if this is not you go ahead and click off. Okay. If it's not for 
you. God has another assignment. But for those that he has called to marriage, for those that he has called to partner with someone in marriage, there's a kingdom purpose and a kingdom assignment. And it has nothing to do with the cake. It has nothing to do with the venue. It has nothing to do with the dress. It has nothing to do with the ring. It has nothing to do with any of that. But God's divine plan, purpose, and will come into pass in the earth through this union so that he can advance and we can advance the kingdom of God in the earth. So there is an assignment attached to your life in purpose. There is an assignment and your kingdom wife and or husband, your spouse is designed to attach and align themselves to you as you become one to press in and to push forward to fulfill God's plan, not your plan, but God's plan in the earth. So this ain't about if he's bearded, if he's fine, prayerfully you're attracted to him, which you will be. But all of those things, not to say that God won't give them to you, go ahead and ask. He said we can ask anything in his name and he will, he will hear us. So I'm believing y'all for y'all that got y'all list, but I'm telling you today to put the list on pause, okay? I ain't saying throw it in the trash, but I'm saying put the list on pause because you. I want you to ask yourself this question while you are putting your list on pause in your mind. Because I know some of y'all is like, yeah, I got a list, right? I got a list. It's okay to be specific and take these things to God. But I want you to ask yourself this honestly and truly. Do you desire marriage or do you desire a wedding? Okay. Do you, I'm going to say it one more time. Do you desire marriage or do you desire a wedding difference? Huge difference because with marriage comes work. Okay. <laughs> Weddings, they temporal, they come, they go, it's over, but you got to go home with that man. You marry, you got to live with that woman. You marry, you got to live with that person that you were with. And I'm telling you right now, if you have not sought the Holy spirit and you have not discerned who he is and, and, and the assignment on his or her life that can complement yours so that you can receive and move in the things of God that he has called you to move in, then I can assure you that this will be a recipe for a disaster. So you must look at what God has put inside of you, who you are, who God has called you to be, and see how you complement the man or the woman of God that he may potentially be putting in front of you to become your partner, your lifelong partner in the kingdom pursuit to dominion. So look at yourself. Does my walk, does my assignment, and does the authority that God has put into me in the earth, does it align with this person? Are we, now that doesn't mean you have to be alike. That doesn't mean you have to be perfect. You have to like what I like and we have, everything has to match, right? Because God will send someone to you that will balance you, right? So you might be fiery and passionate and your mate might be quiet, cool, calm, and collected, but there's a balance that God has bringing to the marriage to take dominion in a number of spaces to complement one another, which makes them your partner, not your 
equal per se, um, or not your twin, but someone that he's called you to partner with. So ask yourself, do you desire marriage or do you desire a wedding? I can answer this real quickly for y'all. I do not desire a wedding. I, I desire marriage because my focus is the kingdom assignment that's connected to marriage. So this is important when I see myself as a servant of the Lord, I understand that in my single season and in my marriage season, I will continue my bond servant life before God with him for his purpose. So in Matthew 11, verse 30, it says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. When we talk about being a bond servant, being a bond servant, I know it sounded like it's equivocal to being a slave, right? You're a slave to something, whether you want to believe it or not. For it says for in Matthew 11, verse 30, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so as a bond servant, you are a slave and you have a master, okay? My master is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I have given my life to the Lord as my, and I am a bond servant to his mission and to the call and the assignment and the purpose of my life. Now, before I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, I was a bond servant to Satan. So today I want you to discern and think about in your mind, am I a bond servant to Satan or am I a bond servant to the savior? Because there are benefits to becoming and moving and living and walking a life as being a bond servant to the Lord versus Satan. Either way, there's only two choices. There's only two opportunities. There's no in between. There's no other way. You're either serving Satan or you're serving the savior. You're either working for the enemy or you're working for God. You're either operating in the kingdom of light or you're working and operating in the kingdom of darkness. There is no in between. So that being said, you decide today, am I willing to be a bond servant to Satan or to my savior? And as we make the decision, as I have made the decision to be a bond servant to, to, to say to the savior, I know that there are great benefits, great reward, treasures in heaven. He's made me his co-heir. He's adopted me into his sonship. And there's so much that in my life that I don't have to carry the burden for, because as a servant to the Lord, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so before I even knew what this scripture meant, I thought the yoke was Y-O-L-K before I got into the word. And I said, that says Y-O-K-E. What does yoke mean? I didn't know what yoke meant. So let me explain why being unequally yoked is bad. Yoked meaning Y-O-K-E-D. So if it's somebody that was like me before I became mature in the spirit, write it now <laughs> that what is yoke? Y-O-K-E. So 2 Corinthians, um, if you'll put that there, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 speaks and and speaks to not being unequally yoked in 2 Corinthians 6 and 14. So if you have not read this scripture, you have at least heard it if you have not read it for yourself. So 2 Corinthians 
I'm going to pull it up exactly here as it is written here in my KJV version. I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 6, 14. It says, be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Glory be to God. If you do not understand what that means, I'll quickly explain that to you. We see a lot of people marrying for looks. We see people marrying for compatibility, for money. We see people marrying because they're tired of being lonely. We see people marrying because, um, oh, the list can go on and on and on, right? I'm, I, I want children. Um, I'm tired of being alone. Um, some people marry for opportunity. Some people marry for I mean, the list can go on. And so they will choose mates because maybe they look good or they seem good or they are good, but it's not God. And so being unequally yoked, right, it allows and it leaves room for error in the marriage, in the relationship, because the Lord says, what fellowship do we have with anything in the dark, right? When we are walking in the light, how can you commune in agreement with anything or anyone that moves in the dark? And so this, we see a lot of failed marriages or divorces or just issues within the, in the relationship because one is going one way, one is going another way. And so it's causing conflict within the relationship. And so I'm going to share a story about being unequally yoked. I have helped many in this area. Um, I have been unequally yoked as I was once married and divorced. And so I chose a good man at the time a very good man, but not a man of God. And that being said, the enemy was able to infiltrate, to destroy the marriage, which ended up and led to divorce. Now, henceforth, as I've gone and been delivered and set free, and the Lord has healed me in these areas, we clearly can see that in the word of God, there were oxen that were used um, as this is an agricultural society, and they use oxen to plow the fields and the wheat and all of these things. And so there were oxen, oxen, O-X-E-N, are very strong beasts, right? They're very strong beasts and they're able to carry and move weight and they're very valuable in the kingdom, right? Um, but they're very valuable. We're not going to go into depth about um, about the oxen, but there's many creatures and, and animals in the in the word of God, eagles, oxen, uh, doves, so many um, that carry great value because of their purpose and their ability to move and to and to um, and to do right to do things in the, in the word of God. So. Um, I don't want to digress and go down that path, but they used to take one oxen, right? One oxen is like a big, a big, I'm, I must just say like a bull, right? So it's huge. And so they would take an oxen and then they would yoke another oxen together and they would take their horns like, cause they had horns and they would take the rope there was a rope that they used to tie to the to the horn um or or just connect them to each other they weren't always horn to horn um there was sometimes a harness or other things that were connected and attached to the ox 
to the oxen. And so they would yoke them together with this rope and then they will pull weight. They would work and plow the fields and they would carry things from one destination to another because there weren't cars and planes back then. And so they were very useful, very valuable um, in the kingdom, of, especially in the agricultural society. And so whenever you would yoke an oxen that was weaker to another oxen that maybe was not as strong, it would actually be like a tug of war, like a push and a pull. If you've ever played tug of war before, it's kind of it's counter um, productive. It's counterproductive. And so what happens is it slows them down. So one oxen would slow down the journey because one would have to pull the weight of the other oxen that it was yoked to. And the reason why it could not progress and move in the manner in which it was able to, because it held a greater capacity than the other one who had a lesser capacity. And so it would cause delay and it would make it very difficult for the journey. And so this is what it means to be unequally yoked. Okay, this ain't just because he's a believer or he's a Christian and I'm not right. It's more than that. It is a part, a great part of it, because the Lord clearly says that we should not yoke ourselves to unbelievers as believers. So this is a, a, a very important piece. But there's also it's multifactorial. There are other things that are connected to the meaning and the revelation that God has in this scripture in Second Corinthians six and fourteen. So being unequally yoked is not just in marriage. You could be unequally yoked in business or friendships or partnerships at work, at school, at church. And so it's not just in your family. So it cannot just be that. And, and this person that you're tied to, this is why breaking and severing soul ties are important because these are things that you are tied to in the spirit that will prevent you, that will hinder you from walking and receiving and moving in the mission that God has for you in the earth if you're still tied and yoked to a relationship from the past or from a or even in the present it could be something present so this is why preparing for deliverance and severing soul ties whether they're sexual whether they're physical whether they're emotional whether they are natural whatever it is it's important to separate to disconnect and to sever these ties because they are yokes Y-O-K-E. And God said in Matthew eleven thirty, 30, he said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So this is why yoking yourself as a bond servant to the savior is a benefit to your life because yoking yourself to the savior allows you to move freely and his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So we give God our burdens. We give God our cares. We give God our concerns. We give God the weight. And he said his burden and his yoke is easy and his yoke is light. But when you yoke yourself to Satan, you're heavy, you're weighted, you're depressed, you're oppressed and everything else. And you can't figure out why you are in this state of not moving and stuck and stagnant. You can't figure out why your life 
and your ministry's not growing. You can't figure out why your bank account is lacking. You can't figure out why you can't get out of bed every day because you're depressed and anxious and worried. It is because you have not yoked yourself with the kingdom of God, with the kingdom of heaven. You have not yoked yourself with the true and living God, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, our savior, who has promised us in his word, which his word cannot return back void. And it, he is not a lie. He is not a man that can lie. Only Satan is a lie and the father of lies and half lies and half truths, which is still a lie. Know that being a bond servant to the Lord is of great benefit because we can give him as we yoke our lives and all of our worries and all that we have, all of our baggage, all of our fears, everything you could think of, you give it to God and we yoke ourselves to him and he carries us through. Glory be to God. So I pray that you understand now what it really truly means to be unequally yoked. Okay, what this means, what this means. So this is serious business in the kingdom because we have no right with the unrighteous. We have no right with the unbelievers. We have no right. Now, this doesn't mean he won't call you to minister, to preach, to prophesy, to care, to love on those that are unbelievers. Remember, you were once the nine, the one that was left, that he came for, that he left the 99 for. But so this isn't us being pious and separating ourselves like we're so holy and so pure that we can't be touched because even Jesus could be touched. Even he went into all the land and helped those lepers and those that were demonic and, and demonized and needing deliverance. So this is not that. So don't confuse what I'm saying with saying that we ain't supposed to be around unbelievers, but we are not of the world, right? We are not, we are not in the world, but we know that God we know that we can be in the world, but not of the world. We know that we can move around and not let the world influence us. We are called to be the influencers. We are called to save souls and set the captives free. Then we are supposed to be taking dominion over these spaces and places in which the enemy resides, where unbelievers are, and bringing them into rightful position with Christ and helping them to reconcile as they accept Christ for themselves okay so i'll move on from that but being an being a bond servant is equivocal to being a slave and so you could be a slave to the master in heaven or you could be a slave to satan whose only desire and mission is to steal kill and destroy destroy and to take your soul either way you're gonna be a slave to something Okay. Either way, you choose this day who you will serve. You choose this day who will be your master and who you will allow yourself to be a bond servant to. Now, bond servants, and I'm coming to a close here in just a second, but bond servants in the word of God, there are inferences, not necessarily scriptural references per se about this, but we see inferences, M-I-N-F-E-R-E-N-C-E-S, okay? Not reference, but inference. There are many inferences in the word of God about bond servants and how they were granted freedom in the Bible in accordance to the law which is the government of God, the word of God. Now we know the slave masters in the past when the Africans were stolen and they became slaves, we know that the word of God was misinterpreted and it was not rightfully divided and it was abused for their pleasure. 
And so this was not God. And so you have many people that are saying, oh, y'all follow the man, the, the, the Bible, and they used it to oppress slaves and they used it to, to make them do this and make them do that because they, A, do not have the Holy Spirit, B, do not understand the totality of the law of God and all that has come with him redeeming us from the law and the curse of the law and God's um 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 God's divine plan for the people of God. Now, Exodus 21, chapter 26 to 27. Um, you can look that up for yourself. We can read it here really quickly. I can pull it up. Exodus 21, verse 26 and 27. So as we pull up Exodus, Exodus 21, we see this in this scripture. This It's an excessive abuse from the master, which is God's law, which required them to be set free. This explains um, being a bond servant. Let's see, 21, let's go 26 through 27. Okay, so 26 says, and if a man smite the eye of his servant or the eye of his maid that it perish, he shall let him go free for his eyes sake. And so this scripture speaks to, to a slave master abusing their, um, their slave. Okay. This speaks to being a servant, right? As he clearly says in Exodus 20, um, 26, it says, if a man smite the eye of his servant, or the eye of his maid. So that's, that ain't just the servant. That's him and the maid that, that they, and it perished that he shall let him go free for his eyes sake. And so the Lord Jesus, this is the law of God, right? This is the word. This is in Exodus 21. He's speaking to excessive abuse. And so the servants were never meant to be abused. They were never meant to, to uh, be abused by their master because even our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ does not abuse us. Satan abuses you, but the Lord, our savior does not abuse abuse us. So as a slave to the Lord, as a servant to God, as a bond servant to God, we know that his yoke is easy. His burden is light. So he takes our burdens. He doesn't add burdens. So if you feel burdensome, if you feel overwhelmed, if you feel, I tell you with a hundred percent certainty that that's Satan that has you burdened and overwhelmed and full of doubt, because if you partner with the Holy ghost, the Holy spirit for real, for real, for real, you will not see nor feel the burden of the assignment or the life or the mission that God has given you because you got to give it to God. And so if you find yourself even in the workplace, even in a marriage, even in a partnership, even in a relationship being abused, then the Lord says that according to the law, according to God's law, which is the word of God in Exodus 21, that they you should be let go and you shall be set free. So we could also go to the same, um, there's a verse in Exodus 21, verse two, go up to 21, verse two, and I'll explain as this bond servant life that the Lord speaks to in the law of God. And, and in Exodus 21, verse two, it says, if thou buy an Hebrew servant, right? Cause we're in the old Testament. We're speaking to the Hebrews and the Hebrew servants. In the Old Testament, it says, if thou buy an Hebrew servant, six years he shall serve. And in the seventh, he shall go out free for nothing. Read that again. If thou buy an Hebrew servant, 
six years he shall serve and in the seventh he shall go free for nothing that's reading out of the kjv version and so we know seven is a divine number we know that god does not give us numbers just to be giving us numbers so according to god's law which is the word of god we see a servant master relationship and in this servant master relationship we see the hebrew servant serving for six years and being let go free for the seventh year remember the story of 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 leah and rachel right and we remember right and, and that story this story this hebrew slave was able to complete their term and they were only obligated to the six years and the seventh year they were able to be set free and so even in the word of god God, slaves weren't and servants weren't meant to be housed for a million years, right? You weren't supposed, unless they were in agreement, um, I guess, to renew the contract, right? Um, but according to the word of God, we won't assume and we won't, we won't add anything to the word. But this word says that they were to work for six and be set free on the seven. And so this goes back to the Lord and the bond servant and every example that he has given in the word of God, granting them freedom, right? He granted them freedom. And not only did he grant these, grant them freedom by the word of God, these slave owners or, 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 or servants that worked under a master as the Lord Jesus is our master, they were called to receive and walk in freedom and not be abused. There's two scriptures there, Exodus 21 and 2, Exodus 21, 26 through 27. Now, why were there slaves? Okay. Why were there slaves? Like, where did they come from? Why did people become servants? Why is there speaking to Hebrew servants and a master and being, being enslaved? Um, and giving their wife and giving their sons and daughters. Why? Because slaves were used to pay off debt. Okay. You, they were used to pay off debt through families because where, and, and this is how they were enslaved. This is how they were found and, and bought by masters because if there was a debt that they could not pay, then there, then they had to enter into this agreement, into this relationship. They had to partner to become a slave um, or servant, right? A servant until the debt was paid. Okay, so they use their labor, they use their labor in their servanthood as we labor for God. We are bond servants to God and we labor to the word of God, to the will of God, to God. We labor for God. And so these people had to pay off a debt. But guess what? God paid the debt when he listened. I don't know. Listen, if y'all are hearing me, put some fire emojis in here because our master, our Lord, I, do y'all hear what I'm saying to you today? Our Lord and Savior paid off our debt so that we did not have to pay the debt of death that we did not have to pay the debt of death. And so he went to the cross to pay the price, the price that you cannot purchase, that you cannot buy, that it's very expensive. When the word of God says that we were bought with a price, what in the world do you think that that means? Do you think he pulled up with silver and gold? What do you think that means when God said that we were blood bought, blood bought? We 
We were bought by the blood of Jesus that redeems and reconciles us back to God, to our rightful place and position before the Lord so that we now can have and receive the inheritance of God Come on, y'all. Listen what I'm saying to you. The debt was paid. And so in as these the children of God, these Hebrew servants, as they served these masters, their master, they were obligated to serve as a servant, as a slave to the master until their debt was paid. But even Exodus 21 and 2 tells us that after the seventh year, they were to be let go for free. Okay, so I don't care if the debt was a million dollars. When the seventh year came, they had to let them go. That's all they had to give. So that's all they were able to do. But God said, you know what? Y'all ain't got to pay the price. I ain't, I'm going to make sure you don't have to pay the price because I'm going to pay the price. I'm going to use my son, my only begotten son to come to save the world, to take up every sin and iniquity and to pay the price for what should be death for you because you could never pay the price for yourself. You couldn't work it off. This is why you can't work to get into the kingdom. This is why you cannot get there by being good. This is why I could go so far with this, but I want you to understand that as a bond servant to the Lord, we have now, the price has been paid for me and for you to walk in our dominion and to receive our rightful inheritance before God. So people had a moral obligation to pay back date, debt. Right. So there's morally this means something to God. Morally, this means something to God. This is why marriage is important to God. The covenant of marriage is important to God because there is a moral and spiritual meaning to partnering in a union with God for God to take dominion in the earth. And so as the world before the Lord came and was able to save us from ourselves, glory be to God, there was a moral obligation in the Old Testament, right? To pay back what they owed and to make recompense for the debt if they lacked money. So these families, if they owed a debt and they were not able to pay the debt in money, they had to pay it up in labor and they exchanged their labor instead. They exchanged their labor instead. But God's law, God's law, which is the government of God, the word of God is God's law. Remember he said, I didn't come to throw the law in the trash. And I didn't what he said, but it was something close to that, right? He said, I, I, I came to redeem you from the curse of the law, right? That's it. They was like, oh, he's trying to say he's the Messiah, the son of God, and he's trying to make us. The Pharisees was clowning and the Sadducees was clowning and everybody was mad because they thought God was over here trying to overthrow and be something that he wasn't, which he was from always from day one. But he said, listen, I came to redeem you from the curse of the law. I came to redeem you. Come on now, have a seat. Have a seat and receive me. But God's law only regulated this contract between a master and a slave. So it was regulation. It was regulation. 
right? That they were to follow and to participate. So being a slave to the slave to the savior is in servanthood. I want you to understand that even as you enter into marriage, that you are not a slave to your husband. You do not become, and if you're a husband, you don't become a slave to your wife. It is a partnership where you are to serve one another. This is why it's so important to not be me, 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 me. I want this. I want to be happy. I want to be loved. I want to be, you know, I want to live in a nice house and do this and do that and be a say. You're not called to be a slave to your spouse. You're not called to be, and neither one of you are called to be slaves to one another. You're called to serve one another. That's it. So all I think about when I think about marriage is I think about serving and giving. I think about serving my husband. I think about what my life, I don't think about the dress. I don't think about the shoes, right? I think about how can I better serve him? And this in your single season should be what you are thinking about when you're going before the Lord. How can I better serve you, God? Every day that you wake your mind, your eyes wake and God gives you the breath in your body, you should be thinking about in your single season until your spouse shows up. And even after your spouse shows up, how can I serve you, God? How It might be a ministry he's calling you to serve. It might be someone in the street he's calling you to serve. It might be you can do a lot. You can partner with him now while you wait to serve the homeless, serve people in need, serve your family, serve a ministry. But if you don't have a heart to serve, you ain't got no business getting married. If you cannot serve and serve with a heart, a glad heart and pour from your heart as God pours into you, then you are not fit to be a wife. Then you are not fit to be a husband. If you don't have the mentality and the posture to serve. And so servanthood is what God calls us to as we're called to serve him. And as we serve him, we serve our spouses in the name of Jesus. So servitude and servanthood is the key to becoming a bond servant in marriage to the bride of, as a bride of Christ, right? To the bridegroom, which is our Lord and savior. And even to your kingdom spouse, it is a place of servitude. If you don't believe me, let's go look into first Corinthians 7, 22 and 23. Let's read out of there. Uh, first Corinthians, I'm almost done. Yeah, I'm almost done. First Corinthians, it's the 100th episode. So I I'm sure y'all can hold on for a little bit longer. I'll be gone for a little while. So yeah, first Corinthians seven, um, 22 chapter seven, verse 22 to 23. Let's read that together. You can read that for yourself. Um, if you don't have your Bible in front of you. So I'll read it out loud from KJV. It says for he that is called in the Lord, being a servant, is the Lord's free man. Likewise, also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. Chapter 23, ye are bought with a price, but not ye the servants of men. Brethren, let every man wherein he is called therein abide with God. That was 24. I went a little further. But 22 and 23 is speaking to the servanthood being free to Christ being free as a free man in the Lord, being a free man in God, that you were brought with a price, but we are not, we serve God. We don't serve men. So we serve the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of men. 
Okay. So when you're working and you're going to your job and you say, "Woo, they work me like a Hebrew slave. What y'all think that came from? Where do you think that came from? Oh, they work me like a Hebrew slave. I, and I'm a bit older. I'm a bit mature in age. So maybe some of you haven't heard that, but there was a saying and there has been a saying that we would say, "Woo, they work me like a Hebrew slave. <laughs> and so um, yeah, your job is not, you should serve. I can tell you the people can act a fool. You can hate your job. You can hate your job and the people that work in it, but you are called to serve the Lord. You serve the Lord in the job that he provides. The Lord had to help me with that until he released me into full-time ministry. I used to despise. There was a time and a season I began to despise my job because I knew the Lord was releasing me into full-time ministry, which is where I wanted to be. And I felt like I was cursed every day that I went to work because I was like, I'm sick of this job. I'm sick of these people. And God stopped me really quickly. He said, stop murmuring, stop complaining, stop this all together, because I'm here to tell you, woman of God, that you serve them and serve them, serve as unto the Lord. He told me, he says, you work as unto the Lord. You do. You follow the rules. I don't care if they're being mean. I don't care if they're lying on you. I don't care if they cutting your paycheck. You bring your worries and your concerns to me, but you work as unto the Lord. You serve with excellence. You bless them. You pray for them. You cover them. And that's what I did. I covered them and I blessed them and I served them. I walked the building. I anointed my office. I anointed all of the doors and the windows and the office space. And I prayed and covered and walked through that office building and they was all demonic. <laughs> Not all. There was a few, right? But at the end of the day, God says, no, you work as unto the Lord, daughter. You work as unto the Lord. So I want you to know that you might feel like you've been slaved at your job or even in another place, but serving the Lord, walking with the Lord is only in servanthood and servitude and not in oppression. So the Lord does not oppress you in any way, shape, fashion, or form. I got one last example that I want to share with you and we'll close out for today. And that's military enlistment. So I was once married to the military. I worked for the Department of Defense um, as well. And so my ex-husband was in the United States Army. And so the Lord had shown me even how we, how they, how those that work in the end that have given their service to the army. Remember, we say, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. That they were called and that they are called to serve the military, right? The United States Army or the United States Air Force or whatever it is, but it is the government. Who is our government? the kingdom of God. I spoke to my apostle, Dr. Brett A. Griffin, um, who actually also partnered in the Air Force. And she had given me a revelation about her time in the Air Force. And we were speaking while she was here vacationing. And when I was preparing for this today um, and giving these examples that the Lord was giving me about when I was working and when I worked for the Department of Defense and with the Army, he said, yes. He said, the military, the enlistment in the military, this is the government 
And so you are also a part of my government. You are a part of the government of God. And so we belong to another kingdom. The kingdom of God is a government and the legislation, the law is the word of God, right? The law is the word of God. And so the government, the same government we move and operate in the earth, right? And even the government that the military is housed in as they enlist, they are, they have to serve. Remember if they leave and they have not been let go from the military, they go AWOL, they go to jail right? Because it's breaking the law. And so the government of God, the government of God, the, the military, remember the, there's benefits in being in the military. There's benefits in serving in the military because guess what they do? They cover their housing, right? The military pays for their housing. It's called BAH. And they also pay for their food. They get a food allowance every month. It's called BAS. And then whenever they travel and they go into war zones, they give them hazard pay. They give them duty pay. They give them hazard pay. Um, they give them clothing allowances. And so like once a year, and if anybody's been in the military or know a family member that's been in the military, they know that they get clothing allowances. And so the same is so in the government of God. If you want some clothes, you better ask God. Listen, he's not about to leave you clothesless. If he closed the lilies in the field come on if he feeds the birds in the air how much more will he do for you as his soldiers as his as we are enlisted in the soldier and the army of the lord come on y'all i'm telling you i'm just i'm sweating i'm just thinking i'm hearing the holy spirit is just moving and talking and speaking and and, and i can't get it out my mouth fast enough but we have enlisted in the army of the lord we have a enlisted, and so it is God's love, and it is His. Uh, he loves to to partner and cover us, and pray, and pay our bills, and clothe us, and feed us, right, and all these other things. If the government, the United States Army, knows how to take care of the layman man or woman, then surely the government of God, the kingdom of God, knows how to provide. Come on, Jehovah Jireh, the provider in the name of Jesus, surely he knows how to provide for his kingdom citizens and his kingdom ambassadors and his kingdom soldiers that are doing and moving and working in the will of God in accordance to his divine plan for his people. So surely, 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 surely he will take care of us. And so God showed me, he said, yeah, they work for the government. You work for the government as well in the name of Jesus. And so um, as we prepare ourselves to be wise and as we prepare to submit to the government, to God of God, I say today to submit to him, yield to God, give God all that you have, all that you desire, all that that you wish, even those things that you want in the name of Jesus. And as you begin to grow and mature in him, as you wait for your kingdom spouse to find you, to crown you and for you to become his queen, his king, um, and, and he's become your king. Um, just allow yourself the grace and the time and to be patient until that time comes. We got plenty of work to do in the kingdom. We got plenty to work to do and to work to do while we wait. But I want to encourage you wives that know this scripture in Ephesians 5, 21 through 22. And I'm done for real, for real, for real. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. One last scripture. 
uh, Ephesians 5, 21 through 22, 5, 21 to 22. So it says, submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God, wives submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, as unto the Lord. Wives submit yourselves. I don't mean his slave. I don't see slave anywhere in the word. I don't see slave. I don't see, I see it says to submit yourself and submit to your own husbands, not nobody else's husband, okay? Not nobody else's husband, your husband as unto the Lord. And so as we yield and submit to the will of God, you, when you marry and your kingdom spouse finds you, you will submit to one another. And the reason why I wanted to read 21 was because 22 is very popular. And we have a lot of people that try to abuse that scripture and say, you do what I say, woman, and you go where I say, go, woman, and this and that, right? And we're like, the word says that wives to submit, but I want you to look at verse 21, where it says, submitting yourselves one to another, one to another. So submission is not just in marriage. It does honor the covenant and the union of marriage, but we give thanks unto God in the name of Jesus. And we do this in our relationships that we have been called divinely to be appointed to. So we serve one another. We submit in fear of the Lord, not fear of man, but fear of the Lord is why we submit to one another and we submit to our husbands once we become wives, right? As unto the Lord. So when you were single and you was praying all day and waiting on God to send that spouse to you and you submitted to God and you yielded to God and you love God, when you get married, don't forget, sis. Don't forget to submit to your husband as unto the Lord, as unto the Lord. So you don't switch it up and flip the script on your husband because of God, right? So preferably you've chosen an equally yoked relationship. He's submitting to God. You're submitting to God. You're submitting to one another and you're submitting with servanthood and servitude. And it's just that three strand cord that cannot be broken and no one loses. No one takes a, takes a loss because when you're in the mindset to serve God, when you're in the mindset to serve your man in marriage, when you're in, when you're serving him and he's serving you and y'all serving God, nobody can lose. Nobody gets the short end of the stick. Everybody's happy, right? Everybody's happy because we serving God. I'm serving you. You serving me. We serving him. Glory be to God. So nobody is lost or nobody loses. Glory be to God. So I just wanted to share that with you today. Those three keys to preparing to be found and crowned by your spouse. This is our 100th episode on the audio streaming platform. I will still be on TikTok. I will still be on YouTube every Tuesday and Thursday. And so on Thursdays, I'm here 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for tea and testimony. And on Tuesdays, I come for TikTok. So I'm not on YouTube um, per se, but um, I'm there every week. We'll have weekly uploads there. So for those that are listening in other countries um, that follow this ministry, we will return on the audio streaming platform November the 30th. So November the 30th, 
We will be back on the audio streaming, but I will still be showing up for the Freedom Fighter community. I will still be showing up on Tuesdays and Thursdays online on my YouTube and on TikTok as the Lord leads. And I am preparing for the third season of the Flawed and Free podcast. 100 episodes. Glory be to God. I give God all the glory and the honor. We going out today with a bang. I know this was a long episode for you. And prayerfully, I'll have better news maybe when I come back. Who knows what God is going to do in my life between now and then. Maybe my husband going to pull up on your girl. Maybe he going to pull up on me between now and November the 30th, but you never know. I don't put anything beyond or past God. I believe and I know by faith that he is coming, that he is on the way. I didn't did the work and I'm going to continue to petition to pray. Y'all pray with me. Y'all pray with me. Listen, I'm praying for y'all. I'm praying for y'all and y'all pray for me, for my kingdom spouse to pull up and show up, okay, in Jesus' name. So I don't usually share this publicly. I don't usually share these type of things publicly, but um, I felt led to partner with you guys today. Um, as I am preparing, um, I pray that you guys prepare as well. And we're all going to have great testimonies to share with one another with how our kingdom spouses found us crowned us and we'll be able to give and share the testimony. He said, come through husband. Oh, he coming. Miko, he is coming. Glory be to God. He's come. It's time. It's time. Come on now. I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement with all of the women and the men that will listen and watch this that are also that are looking that are avidly looking um and not out here you know you know playing around but those that are sincere sincerely looking um for the woman of god that 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 god is calling for them and on um, all of the women that are sincerely waiting um for the man of god that he has for them i'm telling you just keep keep running this race y'all just keep Keep going, keep giving it to God, keep waiting, keep praying, keep going in the name of Jesus. Let me pray um, really quickly on our way out. Father God, I just thank you now, Father, for this time with my Freedom Fighter community. Father, they belong to you first before you gave them to me via this platform. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you. Father, I pray that you will help us to become more focused on your divine kingdom assignments and that we will be found and crowned by our kingdom spouses. Father God, in the very near future, glory be to God, I bind up every single demonic power entity and attack that's been that's been sent or planned against the men and the women of God that has hindered, delayed or detoured God's plan for them for their destined, predestined marriage in Jesus name. Father, I pray Father, that as you partner with us, as we partner with you that you will open up the floodgates of kingdom marriages, that you will open up every door that the enemy has shut that has kept us from walking 
stepping into our divine space of dominion with our kingdom spouses. Father God, I send fire to the enemy, Father, for every attempt against our life and against our assignments in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you now that you are already going ahead of us. I thank you now, Father, that you are assisting us. Father, you are giving us and releasing divine downloads. You are removing the scales from the eyes of many. Father God, I pray that even the men and women that have been hidden, Father God, that you will now remove the veil that Satan has put on the eyes of the men and women and keeping them from seeing their God divine spouse and their God divine destiny that's been placed before them, Father. If it be a veil over their eyes, I pray that you remove every scale and every veil right now that has kept the men and the women of God hidden in the demonic realm from their kingdom partners in Jesus name. I believe father that you will do that in which you said for those that have received the promise of God, that they will receive their promise at the appointed time and season in Jesus name. We believe by faith that it is done, that it is so that it is established that thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it already is in heaven. We believe that it will manifest as you have said that it would, God, in the name of Jesus. Y'all send me your testimonies. Send me your testimonies of, as to how God has delivered you, has, as God has helped you in this season and even in the seasons to come. And I want to see those rings. I want to see those kingdom spouses showing up and, and finding um, their, their mates and partners in, in the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. I love you. I love you. God bless you. And I thank you all for joining. If you missed the whole podcast, go back and watch from the beginning. There was a lot that we shared today. God bless. May God keep you. Thank you for coming to the space and the place where you are free to be me, flawed and free. Love you. Love you. Love you. Till next time, guys. Bye. See you later. God bless. Thanks for joining me on Flawed and Free Podcast. Make sure you follow and subscribe. Click the bell on YouTube on my channel and follow. Don't forget to meet me live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time for Tea and Testimony with Tina to discuss weekly podcasts and answer questions. I'll be streaming from YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Flawed and Free, or if you're streaming from IG, it's at The Flawed and Free. Till next week, God bless, where we are free to be me, flawed, and free. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.